Good afternoon, y'all. Good afternoon. It really is great to see y'all. Um, guys, this, uh, this reading today, the gospel reading, uh, is taken from John chapter 17, which is a very unique uh, uh, chapter in John. It's the priestly prayer of Jesus. There's only three paragraphs to it. And in this paragraph, Jesus is praying specifically for the apostles. So in the three paragraphs, he would pray for himself, then he prays for the apostles, and then he prays for the, the people in general, right? And it's the priestly prayer that the Jews would pray before offering up the sacrifice. So the second paragraph, he's praying specifically for the apostles who, in fact, become his priest. And so to read this gospel over again in light of Jesus is saying this to the Father about his priest. Father, I pray for them. They are in the world. Protect them, right? And so that's a really cool thing. If you want to see what's the heart of Jesus, how does he feel for his priest, read that gospel over again because that's Jesus praying for him. So I remember praying with that as I was going through seminary and just realizing like, oh my gosh, like Jesus prayed for me. In that moment, Jesus saw every priest that was ever going to be ordained a priest and he prayed for me. That is very humbling. Um, and so there's something that I wanted to kind of talk about. There's something in the priesthood that is super significant. Many of you remember um, whenever you got married, how important was getting the right wedding ring, right? It had to be perfect. It had to be everything of what you wanted to symbolize in your, in your uh, love for your bride. It was super important. Well, for the priest, the most important thing that he gets is his chalice. And you can ask Father Patrick. You search high and low for the right chalice. You drive all the way. Where did you get your chalice from? from he, he went all the way to New York to find his chalice. Like, the chalice is super, super important because it symbolizes so much of the priesthood, right? Jesus in the agony of the garden who suffers says, Father, if it is possible, let this chalice pass from me. And so much of the priesthood is you suffer with Jesus. You're, you are Jesus as a priest, and you will suffer the sins of the people. You will suffer what they suffer, and you take it into your priestly heart in a way that is undescribable. And so the chalice is super symbolic. And so I, I want to tell you all the story of my chalice. I don't think I've ever shared it, have I? I don't think I have. Mother Aquinas would know. She says I haven't shared it, so I have not shared this. So... Um, so basically, it was uh, the, my diaconate year. I was trying to figure out um, what chalice I was going to have. And so a buddy of mine pulls me aside, and he says, he says, man, he said, I was praying for you about your chalice. He said, I had an image in prayer. And I was like, okay, cool. What, what was it? And he said, I saw you going through a cave, and there were hieroglyphics written on the cave, and it was your life. He said, and you got to the end of the cave, and the Blessed Mother was standing there, and she had a treasure chest next to her. And she opened up the treasure chest, and she pulled out your chalice. He said, but it didn't look like a normal chalice. It looked like a rose, but it was the chalice. I'm like, okay, cool. That was a really neat image, right? But where am I going to find a rose chalice? Um, I'd never seen one before. And so I started Googling all over the internet chalices that look like roses, rose chalice, couldn't find a thing. So I went one day and I was talking to Timmy White, uh, owns Betty's Jewelers down in Homa. And, uh, and I was like, dude, I know this is a big question, but can you make a chalice? <laughs> he was like, well, I can try. So I, I sketched it out for him and told him what I was looking for. And man, he went 
I mean, it took him like eight months just to get this thing finished. So this is what came out from the chalice. Um, I kind of walked down here. So you can see it looks like a rose, right? looks a little bit different. Um, the top part of the chalice is gold. It was given, this part of the chalice and the little base, which this used to be gold as well, um, were given me to, from the Knights of Columbus, uh, that my dad was a part of that council. And so this part of the chalice has always traditionally been in the Catholic Church, the symbol of Mary, who receives Jesus into her womb and then gives Jesus. That's a symbol of the chalice, is Mary's womb. So you have Our Lady, that golden womb of Our Lady who holds a divine life within her. You have these beautiful 12 rose petals that are around Our Lady. Those are symbolic of the 12 apostles, also symbolic of every priest that will be a son of Mary. Underneath it, you know how the rose has that little green leaves that open up? You have five of those underneath it, which are symbolic of the five wounds of Jesus. And then you have the stem that goes the rose stem. On the stem, there's these really sharp little thorns. There's seven of them to symbolize the seven sacraments of the church. And then you have the heart. On one side is the heart of Jesus. The other side is the heart of Mary with the sword that pierces both of them because they share in that same suffering. On Jesus' heart, there's the, the pierced side. It's a ruby from my nanny, my mama's sister who died of cancer. It's from one of her, her rings. And then on the other side, on Mary's heart, is the the roses, and on the roses are the diamonds from my grandmother's wedding rings. Super cool. And so the sacraments of the church, the stem, comes to us through the heart of Jesus. They were given to us when Jesus' heart was pierced. The church says the sacraments sprang forth, right? And then at the bottom, I have this crucifix that's real special to me. It's Mary holding the chalice up to the heart of Jesus when he's on the cross receiving uh, uh, Jesus' blood. And then at the bottom engraved is from the Song of Songs called a, a garden closed, a fountain sealed, which is symbolic of the womb of Mary. When the Holy Spirit passed through the womb of Our Lady, that beautiful garden, the new Eden, where God would come and dwell within her womb was now closed. It was sealed by the Holy Spirit. And so that's the the symbols behind the, the chalice that I have. And it's, it's uh, I don't know, it's just always been real special to me, uh, of course. Put it off to the side, please. Uh, because, you know, that is, you want to know the, my priestly heart? That's it. It's symbolized right there. The heart of Jesus, heart of Mary. The cup of suffering of which the priest uh, is honored to be able to, to suffer. One thing that took me by surprise in the seminary was in canon law. It says that whenever a priest hears confession, um, they have to do the, the penance. You get a penance and you usually go, well, gosh, he didn't really give me a hard penance. I did a lot worse than that. <clears throat> Is because the priest has to go and do penance. <laughs> Why? Because Jesus went into the garden and he suffered. He took the sins upon himself. And so the priest is another Jesus. And so the priest in many ways will feel that suffering within his own priestly heart and will do penance of whatever sort that might be. So people get confused on what is the priest? Who is the priest? Are we just these preachers? No. Preaching is part of what we do. But the priest is victim. He's victim. He offers up his life like Jesus did. That's why he'll say in the Mass, we'll say in the Mass, this is my body given up for you. Right? Mine. God prepared a body for me. And that body is united to the priesthood of Jesus. The most precious gift that he's ever given to the world is his priesthood. And so it's a great joy. It's a great honor. And if I would have known how incredible the priesthood would have been, I wouldn't have ran from it for 15 years. <laughs> I would have 
done it a whole lot long before. So just to close, one thing that I can say is that a priest, um, no matter what year he gets ordained, he's always a priest in the mind of God. He was created to be priest. And I'll never forget Dr. Brant Petrie, brilliant scripture scholar, personal friend, who said, uh, he saw me after ordination about a week or so afterwards. He said, he said, he said Father, he said, how does it feel to be a priest? And I said, Brant, I said, I got to tell you, man, I said, it feels like I've been a priest all my life. And he got all choked up, and he was like, it's because you have been in the mind of God. God created you to be a priest. He saw you on Calvary as priest, and you've always been priest, and you've just participated in that wonderful grace that he's given to you. So um, I don't know how to end this. It's awesome being a priest. It's awesome being here. That's my fourth parish in eight years, and it's absolutely incredible. And, uh, and if I could do it all over again and come back, I would come back as a priest. <laughs> it's a wonderful, wonderful gift to be able to serve y'all. Uh, priest is not his own. We're here for you guys. And so it's a blessing to be able to, to give my life as priest for service of y'all. Love y'all.